Captain Picard, priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Am I ready, Roman? Longest running and finest Star Trek The Next Generation rewatch podcast. Every week we're bringing you stories live, previously recorded from the set of uh, what happened during production. My name is Mitchell Mells, Chief Consultant Services of Paramount, and with me is my life partner, Brandon Hobbs. Brandon, how are you doing on this fine day? Having a bit of a cromulent sort of day, Mitch. Oh, yes. But, uh, hanging in there. Yeah, or you always yeah. am big in my day. You know that. Mm, yeah. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. That makes me feel a little bit better. So what what is what has been cromming today? Uh and let's not get into it. Let's not get into it. Okay. Um I know you like to keep your personal life and your private life uh guarded separate from each other. Yes. Well so you know, when I mean I would consider the two of us to be celebrities <laughs> of some kind, mm. you know. Uh so I think that's kind of the responsible move, you know, just set set a boundary. Right. 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 Um, the Ensigns, as much as we love the Ensigns. Uh, and we do love not, the Ensigns. We love the Ensigns, but um, there, there is a line. And, and uh, you know, just because you listen to someone weekly... Um, possibly more than weekly hmm. uh, on a podcast does not make them your friend i would say bi-weekly is the limit but i know we don't swing that way so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well it's also inherently difficult to understand what bi-weekly means it indeed indeed it is <laughs> i had a word a day calendar and that and bi-weekly came up twice throughout the year it was crazy oh my god yeah I, I had no. I was beside myself when I got to the second bi-weekly. It didn't help that it was twice in the same week. Wow. <sighs> I tickle myself. Um, good lord. So I was gonna say something, but I don't quite remember it, which is really a fine trait for a podcast host. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, as I had advanced into the more degenerative stages of dementia, uh, the podcast can only grow more interesting. Yes, I mean, at some point we'll we'll forget that it's even a Star Trek podcast. Yeah, wait, it's a Star Trek podcast? Yeah, yeah, it's a Star Trek podcast. Well, not like the other ones. Ah, right, we're no orb. But who is, really? Yeah, I suppose so. Hey, who is your? What is your favorite Star Trek podcast? That's not ours. Um, I think mine is uh, two Enterprises and a microphone. Uh huh. Uh huh. Very strong. A lot of nice banter. I, I enjoy. What what what, 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 what do they talk about? What do they talk about on that? Uh, it's entirely, it's a podcast entirely about um, Federation ship construction, logistics, okay. architecture. Okay. Yeah. And um, they do a nice job. See, I, you might not know this about me. <laughs> In the end, probably don't know it either. But architecture 
and design specifications are one of my um, hidden hobbies, my hidden oh, okay. passions. Yes. Yeah. Not not about you know science fiction. I don't, I don't really give a shit about that, but you know, in real right. life, and um, you know, I just like hearing the the vocabulary that they use over there when talking about ships. They're like, oh, the blueprints, and I said, oh, I know those. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It makes wow. me feel smart. That's that's cool. So what 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 do you like about architecture in uh, in 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 the real world? Well, you know, architecture in the real world is kind of a very unique form of art, really, because it's um, the only art that is that must also be functional, serve a purpose, and be be useful to people. Mm-hmm. Whereas a painting, a sculpture, a song, um, a collage, those are more aesthetic in nature. And architecture is aesthetic as well, but it has to be balanced with the the utility of whatever is being designed, whether it be, you know, a park or a building or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm. What, what, did you did you want me to say something funny? Yeah, yeah kind of. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite Star Trek podcast? My favorite Star Trek podcast? Uh, um... I'm a big fan of of Romulans and Remans. That's a good one. I know they're a yeah. little newer, but I um yeah I'm into it. Yeah, they've they've uh, kind of taken the scene by storm a little bit, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. Very unique concept. I mean, who who who? I, I didn't know about the Remans. Few people do. Yeah, yeah. It's a nice. I, I had I had absolutely no clue. It's a nice bridge to the apocrypha, right? And so when it's funny because when you go through the Romulan episodes now, it doesn't matter which series it is. Um, there's there's kind of a whole new level to it. It's kind of an interesting idea for a podcast to have it basically be a a sitcom radio drama of you know Romulans and Remans living together. For anybody at home who right. hasn't seen it, and um, right, it's great. It's great. Very funny. Yeah, and I mean the the great thing is is that like you can it's it's set up in such a way that you can kind of pick out the 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 true fa- like the real facts, the real behind the scenes facts about about all this stuff um and it's in, extremely entertaining at the same time, so. Mm, I buy that. There's a lot of creative people in the Star Trek fandom. You know, not creative enough to work on Star Trek, but Creative right. enough to make like their us. own podcast. Yeah, not like right. us. So I um I I waste some of my time with Star Trek podcasts now and again. You know, build my my social network. I watched mm-hmm. a movie about that, by the way. The social network. Yeah, well, it was about social networks. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it was um directed by David Cage. Mm-hmm. Oh. And it was pretty good. But, you know, whatever. Star Trek fans don't care about social networks. I don't want to get too far off. <laughs> or anything uh, anything social, really. Indeed. Indeed. They are the um, the, the anti-social. That's a word yes. for it. <laughs> yes. Anti-social. So, 
Antisocial. That's what I said. Yeah, yeah. Antisocial. Hmm. So, um, this week, as always, we have a question of the week. And this one is a little special. Um, this one comes from my son. You know, David. Um, yeah, 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 of course, yeah. And what he did was he gave me um, a sealed envelope, which I have here. And um, mm -hmm. let me open this up. Take mm -hmm. this out. So this is going to be... It looks like this is addressed to you. Okay. Okay. So I'll read it. Um, question of the week from David. It says, Brendan, do you mind gobbling? I think you spelled your name wrong. It should be Brandon. Here. Is that it? That's yeah. That's it? Do you mind gob? Yeah, he says... I'll fix this. It says, Brandon, do you do you mind yeah. gobbling? Yeah. Which is, uh, I think he might be missing an object in this sentence, but um, I get, do you? Well, um, that that's it. That's all that's on the paper. There's nothing on the back. Um, hold on. Let me flip this around here. No, it's it's just that. Um, it's almost Thanksgiving. He might be talking about turkeys. Oh, that's true. But that's kind of a mind gobbling. That's a strange verbiage, I think. No, because they gobble. Do you mind gobbling? Maybe he's trying to make fun of me. Well, I mean, maybe he wants you to produce a turkey gobble, like the sound. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, okay. <clears throat> no. So, do you mind? No, sure, sure. I, I don't mind gobbling. How was that, David? He's going to be very happy with that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, it's uh, a strange thing to That's, ask for, but he got it in spades. Well, I, I don't, I don't know if he knows. This is this is kind of a a funny coincidence. Is that uh, on set they used to call me the Gobbler? Yeah, yeah, and also right. those um, those sandwiches that they have at the convenience stores. Are you familiar with these? No. There's um there's a sandwich. This was after your time on on the show, so it might have been inspired by you. I'm not sure, but um it's a it's a sandwich based on Thanksgiving, and they call it the Gobbler. Oh, okay. Mm. Which I okay. believe I believe was also the inspiration for a Batman villain. Right. right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, in any case, I was a different kind of Gobbler back then, but mm. uh, but even at the time, know, I I don't think he minded. No, 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 certainly not. Well, David, I hope uh, I hope you enjoy this. Um, you know, and you know, let's uh, let's please come by for dinner sometime. You know, your your father misses you because you're at college. Doesn't mean that uh, yeah, we'll talk later. Anyway, um, yes. So if you're not like David and you can't just give me an envelope. With a special question of the week, you at home can always email us at thereadierroom at gmail.com or DM us on Twitter at thereadierroom and we'll answer your question of the week every week. So please mm -hmm. send them in. All right. So this week we're talking about an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we are. Mm. And this one is from season two, episode 19? 18? I don't know. Seven, I lost track 17? now. I lost definitely track. Definitely not 17. 
<laughs> it's something like that, and um, it's it's in that general vicinity, yeah. Yeah, I it's it's Samaritan snare. Which Samaritan to, snare to me was a title in desperate need of the word the. Like I think the Samaritan yeah. snare would have played a lot better. This yeah, that uh, the would serve it quite mm. well. And um, kind of a nothing episode. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> just not not even just nothing. It's actively bad. Yeah. A lot of the time. Which is a shame because it has one good idea of uh-huh. developing the relationship between Picard and Wesley Crusher. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's it's just done in the most clumsy way possible. Yes. Um, I, I, I like the result of it. I don't like how we got there. And I completely hate... I don't know if it's the A plot, plot or the B plot. I don't know. They're pretty even. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the, uh, the, the dumb aliens. Yeah. Yeah. The dumb aliens who are stupid. Mm-hmm. It's a very, very weightless episode. Yes. Uh, just filled with plot contrivances, and which, I mean, I, I cannot wait to get into every single one of these, but I'm sure there were multiple points where y- you, you as well, watching this episode, were kind of holding your head in your hands and yeah, just, just wondering what the fuck is going on. It culminates in the ending of that uh, plot thread. <laughs> <laughs> which is the most bizarre resolution to a conflict i've ever seen yes yes um god i mean both resolutions just were bizarre just terrible so where do you even start with this i guess usually there's something uh, where it's like oh man i really want to talk you can about like yeah, there's something you can hinge i mean i guess we just go through it from the start what even happens at the start? Picard's like being crabby. Well, no, no. We learn that Wesley is. He has to take his exams again. They're on the bridge, right? Yes. I mean, you remember because it, it was it had uh, it had that perspicuously bit in it. Yes, yes. Which was, I guess, that is a good place to start because right. that's quietly one of the more significant moments on set. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's uh, it's it's quite a word even without the context. But um, yeah, yeah, that uh, that shot kind of kind of ending this scene, um, where 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 Data says perspicuously, and and Riker kind of looks confused at him, right? Um, th- that that was that was Frakes's just genuine reaction to the word. Uh, he just he just didn't know what it meant. Um, and basically the issue and and this would continue to happen um throughout the series but we 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 had we had a scribe on set and his name was Frank we all and called him Bartleby do, we yes we did call him Bartleby that's right yeah he hated it you remember he he'd start he'd start like spitting mm, mm. you know what i mean like bubbling the spit out of his mouth um, foaming one might say yeah 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 uh but you know his face had go all red it was it was <laughs> it was something um what he would do uh and i don't know how he got this job or if it even was his job but he would take the 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 final script and he would pepper in like just these insanely uh obtuse or difficult words and 
have these distributed and then he would this was all last minute he, he would hang out on set just waiting to catch somebody right mm. um, someone who didn't know the word that they were they were they were supposed to say um and i don't even think he knew these words i'm pretty sure he just pulled them from from the dictionary yeah i'm, I'm sure i'm sure a thesaurus saw heavy use yeah, 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 yeah. Time. Probably, probably both. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. All I can say is I'm I'm sure he he plays a mean Scrabble. Yeah, I I never I made sure to make that um he never found out about our staff Scrabble nights. All right. Well, I mean, come on. Let's let's be real. We can't have someone. We can't have someone who's constantly consulting the dictionary. It's uh, insane to think that uh. You, that somebody would stoop so low over a game of Scrabble. It's pretty silly, and it's it's it seems like an issue of ego. Indeed, you know. Oh, I can't uh, lose. I can't. I can't lose the game. Not to these right, people. Right, right, yeah. Like these these people are are much stupider than I am. Um, mm. But anyway, I digress. Yes, yeah, so we start with with Wesley learning about his. Uh, or I don't, I don't know. He's talking about how he has to go take some tests, and then Picard is crabby. Right, and Picard's crabby for different reasons. Um, right, because, not because of a test. Right, he's Picard. Uh, he might be crabby because of his test, but not a test. Oh, yeah, that's true. That he is getting up there. Hmm. Uh, but he has heart complications, and uh, he needs to get his artificial heart replaced. Something to that effect. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's, you know, it's, I kind of like Picard being crabby here. It's a very human reaction of like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm scared of this, but I don't really know how to express this fear because usually Absolutely. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a pretty um, uh, confident individual. <laughs> yeah, uh, Picard is so sure of himself 99% of the time that it is always interesting to see him struggle with this kind of stuff. <coughs> um, and it's, it's funny because it. It shows you, 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 you get to see like what is an actual fault on his part, which is that he's, um, he's got an ego, you know. Well, I, I was. That's how they play it up in the episode. Pulaski says, "Oh, you know, you're worried about your image." And at the end, she's like, "You're still the invincible captain." But to me, that that's that I read that more as her misunderstanding Picard's fear of the situation of um because he's always going on about the the mortality rate and routine procedure and he's trying to console himself um when in actuality it seems like he was just scared of of uh the possibility of dying in the, in the surgery hmm. rather than it being I mean, an ego I, thing I think that if, could be I, I think the episode and the exchanges between the characters and Picard's temperament Make more sense if you think about it that way, and and uh, see Pulaski as misreading the situation. See, I think it makes just just as much sense for him to actually have that ego because, I mean, it's this guy is someone who's and and they touch upon this in the shuttle. Picard is someone who has given up so much in life, um, so many alternate routes that could have made him happy, or fulfilled him in some way, and I I think. Rising to the top like that kind of affords someone a certain amount of ego. It does. And 
I don't know if the two are necessarily mutually exclusive. You know, the fear of dying. I mean, having a fear of dying, your fear of dying comes entirely from your ego. I suppose so, that makes sense, but... And, and, and it could be... You may be right in that it's more skewed towards, towards that than, than what Pulaski says or, or what we're led to believe. But uh, I think there's an element of both in there. Perhaps. I just don't like this reading of Picard as as being so ego-driven because what you see of the character never really speaks to that before or ever again for the most part. I, I think when you deal with mortality especially mm. is is when when anyone's ego starts to show, I think, more than anything else really. Yes. It's it's not necessarily that it's like a, a a horrible thing, but I think I think it shows I mean either way it shows Picard in kind of like a time of weakness, which is which is interesting. That is interesting. I agree with you. It's just Picard has been faced with um mortality many times before and since this episode and he never handles it with anything but dignity. Um, yeah, but to, to, to me it's different because usually when, when he's facing those situations, it's, it's from an external force uh, and not, not his own body, you know? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I guess there's a few different ways you could interpret it. There are, and it is good to have a story of Picard grappling with mortality in a less than elegant way. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just wish that the way it was presented wasn't just, um, oh, this is uh, an insane ego thing that and Picard's just flatly in the wrong for it because he's always he's always presented as being above that. Yeah, but I mean, no matter how you look at it, he was being stubborn. Yeah, but <laughs> he was also completely correct in some ways because the surgery, you know, almost was fatal. And he was right to be worried about it. Yeah, but then in the end, of course, <laughs> <laughs> who saves him? Right. Who? Who? But. Um. And and look, here's here's where one of the biggest problems with this episode lies. Um. And it's it's with this plot where they send Picard out on a, a six hour shuttle ride to to a base where he gets surgery from a team of doctors who are not qualified. Yeah, that was awesome. To, to, <laughs> to intervene when he's about to die. That that fucking ruled that scene. It's like, oh are you are you not gonna are you not gonna save him? I'm not qualified. And so, <laughs> and so so now here's the question. Did Pulaski like stow away on the shuttle? How did she get there so fast? No, she was present on the bridge at least once when they were dealing with the other encounter. Yes, yes, she was. How did she get there? It it begs the question, if the Enterprise could get there so quickly from wherever they were before this, <laughs> yeah. then why didn't they just drop them off in, in the five minutes that would take and then go to whatever their mission was? <laughs> right, 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 right. Oh my god, just so ridiculous. So that's that's a contrivance, but also we have to accept the notion that not only are the team of doctors in the operating room not qualified, there's not a single person at that installation, that hospital, that is qualified that they have to call in the Enterprise. Right. <laughs> so, 
Yes. Um, it, how do they not have a single person with, with that kind of training on, on the entire base? And it seems to be a pretty, pretty uh, uh, important base, right? I mean, I don't know. If... Well, Picard's going there explicitly for this surgery. You're not yeah. going to call the captain of the Enterprise to go to some podunk fucking uh, <laughs> third world hospital, you know? It's... Right. And yet here we are. Kind of ridiculous. The uh, very, uh, very visually striking wardrobe for those doctors, though, huh? Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's that all was our head of wardrobe. It was his idea entirely. Um, I remember asking him one day, and he just basically told me, "Oh, you know, my wife's on my period, and or mm. on her period," and uh, I kind of filled in the pieces from there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I see it. I see it. Mm. Um, inspiration can strike anywhere yeah yeah and it's 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 something we 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 don't really get a lot of uh this this kind of uh visual design no so it 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 definitely stands out it does my favorite was um picard's beanie his patient's beanie that he was wearing (laughs) on the table (laughs) gotta keep his head warm right like 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 a newborn baby (laughs) Yeah, yes, that was that was nice. Uh, my second favorite was, you know, they put that apparatus to conceal the patient's body. Um, it's like a tent over the body. Yeah. When they start to begin the surgery, um, the doctor goes to, um, they have this tool and they go to put it in on Picard's side lower abdomen, like very mm-hmm. far below where his heart would be in addition to right. being on the side of his body instead of you know near the uh on the upper part of it and it's just how are you going to get to the heart from there Mitch, how you you need to trust the science oh man because science i mean don't don't you love science i i heckin love science yeah i have it's, a, it's, i have a shirt that says as much mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i mean as any good star trek fan should have indeed we saw them at the conventions. It's oh, yeah. uh, I it's I heckin' love science, and all of the e e's excuse me are replaced with this, the the uh, Federation insignia, mm-hmm. which makes them look like A's. But you know, y- your mind does a lot to fill in the yes the meaning of the words. It is it, it is it is amazing how the human brain works. <laughs> Indeed, it is. Um, um so what what do you how do you like the scenes of Picard and Wesley in the shuttle en route to this facility? Uh they're they're a little clumsy. They're they are a little clumsy. Um ham fisted is the way I would put it. It harkens back to and the dialogue does as well, but it harkens back to the very first episode when Wesley storms the bridge. And they're tasked with writing Picard's dialogue for this. And mm-hmm. it's just a complete bungling. Yes, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, Picard just came off as like... I mean, yeah, I guess he's struggling with this this issue, though. He he comes off a little weird, I feel like. He does. He's just... He, 
he snaps at everything Wesley says, but not in a very, um, uh, I don't know, sensible or realistic manner. It, it feels passive aggressive. It does. And Wesley, in some of the things he says, is pretty reasonable in the conversation yeah. he's attempting to have. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Now, there is one line that is completely unreasonable, which is got to be the award for the stupidest line in the episode. I mean, I think I wrote it down. Yeah, okay. So Picard is talking about his artificial heart, and <laughs> yeah. and he, he mentions that the replacement heart that he has is faulty, to which Wesley Crusher, um, child <laughs> prodigy, wise beyond his years, responds, why would anyone use a faulty replacement? As if, as if they knew. <laughs> oh, it's fucked. Whatever. We're putting it in him. Oh, well. He's going to have to live with it. Yeah. That, what a, what a, that had to have been a mistake. Because it, it makes no sense to ask that. It, it reminds me of like when you get a script for like a translation project and it's all broken down piecemeal so you can't tell what the context of anything is. Right. Yes. <laughs> um, it, 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 that, that horrible line, yeah. There was also the... Uh, Picard starts recounting uh, the story of how his heart got damaged to begin with, and, and Wesley says, is that before the Klingons join the Federation? <laughs> to which Picard is impressed. Right, right. Right, yeah, very good, Wesley. Um, and you, you know, it's it's not hard to make the leap and figure out what they meant by that, mm. but it's kind of a, kind of a, a again, a, just a clumsy way to put it. Not not great now, writing in this scene. Not only, scenes. not only, not only did we have not great writing, but we had possibly one of the biggest mm. i would say offenses to the canon yeah do you mind here? if i if i get on uh, if i take the floor here i, I think I, yeah i think you're you're a little more uh, you're a little more into it than i am okay well uh, this is one of the rare cases where we got a lot of fan mail about something and i think the fans were quite reasonable in their uh in their anger or sense of betrayal that they felt mm -hmm. having watched the episode um this is one of the this happens in one of the wesley picard scenes and um picard who is killing some time he goes to eat and he makes sandwiches and a beverage and he's like oh wesley do you want a sandwich do you want this beverage now mm -hmm. uh, most people they expect okay it's picard he's gonna make some tea earl gray hot right yes no right this time he makes coffee and he offers wesley some coffee and that's not his tea i wish we had an official explanation for this but i don't we don't um let me be the first to apologize for this error this gaffe um we just weren't thinking at the time there's no i don't want to make an excuse there's no excuse for something like this and i hope that despite this mistake that the fans, the ensigns, can trust us to deliver the authentic Star Trek TNG experience with Picard 2. Um, they, you know, you guys put a lot of trust in us, and in the course of this episode, we fumbled that trust. But we're committed to 
uh, improvement here. So in honor of those mm -hmm. affected by this, the readier room, us, uh, will be donating our Patreon rake for the month to several adjacent charities. And we will do better in the future if you continue to stay readier with us. Yes, yes. Well said, Mitch. Um, it's it's really about time someone took responsibility for this. And, you know, while it was kind of out of our hands at the time, I think we are kind of the, the most outstanding. Yeah, like like we're the, we're kind of the preeminent authorities on Star Trek The Next Generation right now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I can't think of anyone else in this sphere who gets the same level of engagement as us. So, um, you know, I, we're more than happy to, to kind of fall on that sword. Yes. Someone's got to do it. You know, we, we have a lot of fun here in our readier room, but, um, sometimes a little bit of, uh, seriousness is, is necessary when tackling yeah. these issues. Yeah. It's a grim issue. It's a grim it is. issue. A grim issue. Gr a grim issue. Mm. Uh, it's a grim issue, nah. Indeed, it is. So no, ah, wait, wait, wait. We're not, we're not off the topic yet. We're not off the topic yet. I just wanted to leave this behind. This, this is dark it iced coffee? It looks like iced coffee. It does, but everything he pours it into a glass. Mm, everything looks like iced coffee in the coldness of space. All right. Do you think it's cold in there? I do. I do. Um, now, in standard definition, you couldn't really see, but it was also cold on set, and those uniforms don't yeah. leave a lot to to the imagination. Yes, I, I saw I saw more of Will than I ever would have liked to. Mm. There was the coldness of space and Captain Picard's frigid demeanor. I don't know which mm -hmm. um, had a lower temperature reading. Right, right. You know, which is even 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 worse <laughs> for will because he you know as as we've touched upon several times he can't really distinguish between fiction and reality so right um th that that whole scene was actually pretty stressful for him mm. but it was an, it was a happy ending because he thought that his friendship with patrick really deepened over the course of shooting this episode yeah 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 yeah, yeah absolutely had, uh, so i mean all's well that ends well we had always toyed with the idea of shooting this episode in reverse chronological order just to, mm -hmm. you know, make Will think that Patrick hated him. <laughs> oh, that, that would have been a trip. Indeed. But uh, the logistics of it were just too much. We'd have to, you know, right. animate the ship, the, the shuttle flying backwards. It was, it was Right, right, right. Yeah. Oh, God. I can't believe that we used to do that. Yeah. Used to being the key word there. We've improved. Yeah, yeah. So I guess it's um, time to talk about time to talk about the pack lids, <laughs> the pack lids, the pack lids, which is somehow astoundingly the uh, the the focus of the episode in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, where it's I'm going to use the way that Rick pitched this to us, and he said that what if the Enterprise encountered a ship of retards? Mm -hmm. Which was fine at the time. Um, yeah. 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 Nothing wrong with that. No. And, you know, it that's surely a novel situation. And, you know, he, Rick had a lot of good ideas. He said, you know, give, give me actual retards. And we did. If you look at some of the pack lids in the back of the ship, 
they uh, mm-hmm. clearly oh, have yeah. some de- developmental disorder going on. But um, a lot of their distinctive way of speaking was actually informed by those extras. And some mm-hmm. changes to the script was made to uh, mirror how they talked a little more closely. Um, right, because it was, it was initially like a little closer to just normal English. Right, right. But a lot of the more simplified verbs, like to make us go, was a key phrase yeah. that that um, some of the extras said. Um, oh, my phone went off. Oh, no. Mm. Mm. Unprofessional. Unprofessional. And, yeah, so we were happy to have them. They were happy to be there. And uh, we never worked with them again. No, uh, of course not. Um, which is why the Packlids don't really show up again. Uh, do they show up in some extended universe? Where where do you where do you think they show up? There's gotta be a. What do you think their most recent appearance is? Okay. This is a quiz. This is a quiz. Um, I. I I I want to say novel because I don't think that anybody would want to draw them in their comic book. Mm-hmm. Um, especially nowadays, you couldn't really get away with you know that appearance. But we do have new shows too, you know. Oh no, okay. Um, it, uh, is this on that cartoon? Star Trek. What's the name of the cartoon? Star Trek Lower Decks. Yeah, they are. They they are on on the cartoon for several episodes, I believe. Now, are they members of the Federation now? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't watch it. I, 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 <laughs> I just know they're there. I hope that um, they run the exact same scam and the, this Federation ship <laughs> again falls for it. Yeah, I, I'm getting the urge to watch that, that show now for some reason. You can watch it. Yeah, I'll, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll watch it and report back to you. That's, that's a new f- well font wants a well for uh for trivia yeah, absolutely um so you know the 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 pack leads they they worked out really well um to a degree well the actors didn't work out so much well <laughs> the the thing that worried me and i'm surprised we got away with um because the 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 costume designers and the makeup just went all the way with this and made the pack leads just this awful offensive racist caricature yeah you know um we gave them the eyebrows and everything mm-hmm. and we didn't get a single piece of mail nothing from the media i don't know people just didn't pick up on it uh which i guess is lucky i suppose <laughs> but uh does the, I don't know if you know this because you haven't seen it. Does the lower decks uh, depiction of them change any of this, or do they? I I don't I don't know I don't know I'll have to check it out. Because I mean maybe it just didn't air in that country. Maybe, but if it didn't matter, then uh, uh, no, that's 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 <laughs> it's the complete opposite. Everything matters more now. Indeed, um, uh, you know, solid, liquid, gas. Yep. Yeah. There's so. Did you find any of the Packlid plot to be entertaining? No. Um. There's a scene I need to point out, or a line I need to point out. Oh, please. Where they first encounter the Packleds, 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, Riker's kind of negotiating with them to get Jordy on board. First of all, Worf brings up the issue of um, sending their chief engineer over to fix a simple problem. Yes. He says, do we really need to send our chief engineer? Yes. And Riker's just like, yep. <laughs> but it's like, it's if, if, you, if you're not going to expand on that, why bring it into the equation at all? Because I guarantee you and I would have missed it. We would have been like, oh, yeah, it's normal. Just send Jordy over. It's normal. Hmm. But when you frame it like that, and this isn't even the line I wanted to bring up, but when, when you frame it like that, it, it just it caves in on itself. Well, I just want to say that this happens twice. Um, uh, yes. <laughs> of yes. A character who's usually wrong and or completely disregarded being completely right and nobody listening to them. So, and, and not only that, but, but – in 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 the case you're about to bring up, it's the character whose literal job is to do what she did. Yes. <laughs> so Worf and Troy, both at different times, say completely reasonable advice that Riker does not heed at all. And both of these characters have a history of um, never having their advice taken for one right. reason or another. Right. Uh, but in, in this episode, it's particularly blatant because the plot is just so simple. Mm-hmm. It's so clear cut that even when you're watching it play out, you're like, I know exactly what's happening. Uh, yep, called that, called that, called that. Right. So, not long after, or maybe it's even before, I don't know, Worf is arguing with Riker about how dangerous the pack leads could be. Mm. And he says the line, What about weapons? <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> I remember this. <laughs> what about weapons, huh? <laughs> and you see, that's the thing. Michael had a tough time with alliteration, mm. as yeah. we've established already. So uh, he he got, you know, he was supposed to say, what about weapons? But uh, I guess we just did too many takes. It got to him. He got all flustered. A real tongue twister. And that's what we ended up with. Yeah, yeah. What about uh, What about weapons? What about weapons? So uh, yeah, they 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 send Jordy over, and uh, it's just it's so it's so dumb, it's so boring. It is dumb and it is boring, and, and it's not. And it, interesting. it could be fun. It could be. It could be. I mean, you, you get you get a dangerous crew of of spacefaring retards with like some kind of actual power behind them, mm. and that's interesting because. You know, it's it's much like much like uh, the Borg, where you're like, how how can I possibly get through to them? Right. It's it's interesting in in the sense that to recognize one's own lack of intelligence, and also to recognize how others perceive them because of it, and how to turn that to your advantage, is mm-hmm. is quite a intelligent maneuver, such that. It's all. It almost seems like it'd be beyond the pack lids who are just their whole identity is being retarded. Um, yeah. But also, if you did it the other way, where it's like, oh, we were only pretending to be retarded, and we're actually quite smart, and we fooled you, then then there's no real recourse against um, against them because they're just on your mm-hmm. level and they fooled you. So I don't know. It's. Kind of like a catch twenty two situation where if I'm to believe that these guys are this retarded, then I how did they make this plan to begin with? <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. 
I think just in general, you never really want the the antagonist of your episode to be considerably dumber than the average viewer. Right. Which, you know, for Star Trek is saying something. Yeah, yeah. It was a close call, but... Um, yeah, it, it just, it felt like this whole episode feels like an insult. <laughs> mm. It's, it is. And the way that this plot is resolved is particularly insulting. Yeah. So because it, yeah, that ahead. could have been, I mean, we could sit here and think of a million ways that could have been resolved better, but go, you, you go ahead. Well, what? What happens, and I don't even know if I'll remember this correctly because it's so contrived, but the Enterprise and Geordi working in tandem through um, the strangest coded communication I've ever heard mm -hmm. um, devise a plot that could not reasonably be transmitted in secret, but it is anyway. And the Paclid, it, it leads the Paclids to believe that they are outgunned and the Paclids, believing this, grasping the situation entirely, f feeling the fruitlessness of uh, what the conflict would be, lay down their arms and give up immediately. <laughs> yeah. Which, we are not strong. Right, which is just not how retards operate. No, not at all. And, in, in fact, some of the actual actors, uh, with scare quotes around actors... Some of the actual actors got really upset about this because they they'd really thrown themselves into the role, mm. and uh, when when you know they 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 got the direction that uh, you know you're surrendering or whatever they they started throwing a fit. Right, it was almost a mutiny. Yeah, yeah, a retard mutiny. Well, because they could whip up the uh, the extras into into a frenzy and good good luck <laughs> calming them down. <laughs> a mutiny of retards like a murder of crows. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez um now the funniest line in the episode to me occurs during this coded exchange between uh geordie on the packlet ship and the enterprise <laughs> um which it involves Worf, who uh geordie i forget exactly what geordie's saying but something to the effect of like oh you know if you're not going to save me, then I'm going to have to fire the Paclid weapons at you. And Worf yeah. says, you'll die in, in that effort. Um, and then he looks knowingly at Jordy and says, you will die without honor. Which just tickled me so much. I can't explain why it was funny. But <laughs> it, it was just the how ridiculous the situation was how ridiculous wharf is in general <laughs> i like i like to imagine it was kind of like a little dig <laughs> like he's making fun of him yeah i like that because <laughs> because i'm sure he did it with that stupid smirk on his face like oh yes oh yes yeah. he did i love it just <laughs> and this is this is why wharf might be my favorite character wharf is certainly adorable <laughs> He's just silly all the time. Yeah, yeah. He's just ridiculous. Um. <laughs> when, when, oh, shit. If it's a simple situation, he always looks confused. If it's a serious situation, he always has like a an unknowing grin. Um. <laughs> yeah. It's just perfect. It's it's perfect for the way we watch this show. <laughs> it is. Um, we'll have to have a Best of Wharf compilation reel. 
draw mm, up. The best of the wharf. <laughs> the wharf of the world. <laughs> so well you know that really exhausts that plot line i think the only thing we really need to talk about now is the fact that no no we talked about that we talked about pulaski beaming down to uh to well, save picard well what happens is that the enterprise finishes with the pack lids and then just speeds over at warp nine yeah. and i'll talk about this a lot i really hate how arbitrary warping traveling at warp speed feels because uh, and i think i've mentioned it before i'll mention it again characters just arbitrarily decide okay let's go at warp four. Oh wait we, right. have, we have to be there sooner let's go at warp seven just just always go at warp nine what the <laughs> hell so so okay here's here's my head canon and it's probably something you can find on memory alpha that'll be mm -hmm. pretty similar going faster uses more resources yeah but they're never ever Resources never, ever matter. Ever. Not once is just the Enterprise have a fueling issue. I don't know if that's true, but I, I understand the sentiment. It's, like I said, it just seems arbitrary. If you could present this, like have the fuel matter once in an, in an episode, where like, oh my god, we've... Uh, you know, it happened one time. They were chased by the Borg. And mm -hmm. they were like, oh, we're pushing warp nine. We have enough fuel for you know, however, however, however long. Um, I don't know. It just seems dumb. I'm looking it up. How do you look this up? <clears throat> Why don't they always go warp nine? Um, what do you got? It was, okay. <laughs> There's a few answers here. Imposed speed limit. No way. It was established that certain areas of space are negatively affected by warp drives, and so a speed limit of warp 5 was imposed, except in extreme circumstances. Oh, you know what? That was in an episode. Do you remember that? Uh, it was no, like, I, I, I don't. There was an episode where it had an environmentalist bent, and some people came on the Enterprise and were like, this high-traffic sector of space is... the fabric of it is being destroyed because of all the warp... Um, oh, engines okay. passing through. Wow. I, now I don't know why speed matters there because you're still using a warp engine, but sure, sure. Um, again, the the dilithium that it requires. Oh, the dilithium um, crystals. Wear and tear, right? It's like it's like overclocking your PC, whatever that means. Whatever that means. Um. And you know, obviously that 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 kills it a lot faster. So you're going to be killing your engines if you use warp nine all the time. Um, and then uh, this guy says timeliness. You know, just a, a matter of context as to like how soon you have to arrive somewhere. I guess that's the weakest of all the like. What are they wizards? Yeah, when... They have to arrive precisely when they mean to. Yeah, but it's like it's if if you have an engagement. Uh, that you can arrive in in a couple of days. Why bother getting there in like twelve hours? Have you never arrived early to a party? Not a day and a half early. I have. <laughs> there's nothing. I mean, uh, there's no unless you count that time at Best Buy. There, I, there's no more stronger feeling of power than you know sitting on the couch with a drink somebody served you and watching them set up for the party later that night. It's like mm -hmm. it's like they're the they're your maid or something. Now I'm starting to understand why uh, 
why Brent doesn't invite us anywhere. You do it one time, and people, people just remember it forever. They don't remember all anyway, the times anyway, you them, but you know. This answer was provided by Jack B. Nimble. Yes. Yes, it was. Thank you, Jack. Thank you, Jack B. Nimble. Oh, on the the answer you looked up. Yes, I yes, see. Not. <laughs> I thought I thought you brokered a new sponsorship. You didn't tell me about. <laughs> uh, no, but we do have sponsorships to get through at the end, right? We do, we do. Are what you, do we have today? Are you well? Are you that excited for the podcast to end? Well, no, 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 no. I'm just, I, I'm just curious. I don't, I don't have the papers in front of me. Right, well, okay, we got Dunkin' Donuts, and we have. Okay. Where's the other one? It was Jack in the Box. Both fast Not Jack food. B. Nimble? No, no. That's just a coincidence. Okay. Um, but I do think that Jack in the Box is unveiling their new Jack B. Nimble box, which is kind of like a ah, ready-to-go wow, hot-order meal. This is serendipitous. It Look is. at this. It is. Perhaps. So what's 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 in the Jack B. Nimble? Um, well, it's a morning... Thing. Uh, it's a breakfast item. It's, right, it's right. A, it's a it hot, gets, gets you going. Right, it's a hot box of food that you can get quickly, eat quickly, and be ready to go. It's got a hash brown, not like the um, the little popcorn hash browns, but the the, right. the flat, but puck. a proper one. Right, yeah. it's got that and a sausage egg um, wrap in it. Not a sandwich, okay. but a wrap. So basically, both of these things you can hold one in one hand, one in the other. And, you know, it's very easy to eat on the go. You come in one box and it's... You're forgetting the deluxe Jack B. Nimble, though. Right. Well, obviously, there's a deluxe option. The deluxe option comes with with a cup of coffee or tea. You can choose. And um, it also comes with a singular bacon swirl. Kind of like the bacon equivalent of a curly fry. Right, right, right. And the... uh... The meat economy is kind of in 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 a rut right now, so you'll have to excuse uh, uh, the price difference. But right, um, I the if you want the normal Jack B Nimble, that's four ninety nine, and the Jack B Nimble Deluxe, that's nine ninety nine. Uh, local taxes. Not we don't local. we don't have we're not we're not we're not doing a spot for Shave Croc today. Um, Shave Croc is every other podcast okay okay Shave. okay i'm just gonna okay they didn't right. pay so i'm gonna edit that out yeah okay just want to make sure yeah. um anyway so <laughs> i feel like we might as well end it because there's nothing else to talk about is there um well we can talk about our thoughts on the episode i guess overall i guess we could um i do want to point out that i mean i had to write this down but in the in the shuttle ride, Wesley and Picard. Wesley felt like he was really fishing for compliments. Yeah, I guess he was, wasn't he? You know, it was it was a little, a little bitch. He's you know he seeks approval, um, especially yeah. from Captain Picard, whom he respects. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, recently I watched the first duty. Recently, do you know that episode? You remember it? The first duty. Yeah. Not like uh, when you have a newborn, but... Um, oh, 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 the first duty. Yes, yes, yes. 
So no, I don't remember that at all. That's the one where Picard visits uh, Crusher, Wesley Crusher, at the academy, and Wesley, ah. Wesley Crusher's flight team um, did some bullshit maneuver, and one of them died. And there's like a right. tribunal investigation. Right. Yeah, it was a pretty good episode, and it's kind of the conclusion to the Picard Wesley uh, relationship. Mm-hmm that Mm -hmm. really blossoms in this episode i guess you know now that we're kind of approaching the point where wesley starts to fall off the show yeah i feel like i'm gonna miss him yeah i buy that i had also i don't know why i'm on such a wesley kick i had watched wesley crusher's final episode before leaving (laughs) the main cast what did i say wesley crusher's big gay adventure (laughs) big gay out um <laughs> which is uh that, that's that's the one where he gets like stranded somewhere right with picard yeah him picard and some uh new character that's like a captain of a ship they were they were that was ferrying them and they're on like right. some desert planet and they gotta find water it was also a pretty good episode hmm. wesley crusher is just not yeah, a bad I did character. like that yeah 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 that's and and it's 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 a shame because he's not a bad character and i i don't even hate the way will portrays him or anything is he's rough around the edges but he was also a kid so whatever he's just he's just he's shoehorned into things he shouldn't be yes but i think i think our common complaint of wesley single-handedly saving the day kind of fell off about three quarters through season one and now yeah it did it absolutely did and now it's yeah. pretty reasonable, but you know, people. I I, I think so too. Remember yeah. that very strongly, which colors yeah. the perception of the character. And I think that's probably why I came into this thinking. Um, you you remember before we we started this? I I I didn't remember having a problem with Wesley, and that's probably just because I forgot most of season one. Right. Uh. Similarly, but pe- yeah, people who hate Wesley probably remember season one too much. Right. Which is never a good thing. No. <laughs> In fact, no one should be watching season one. No, we've uh, we've established that. We've proven that. Yes, empirically. So, so thoughts on the episode. Thoughts on the episode. Um, it's not the worst episode. No. It's, god damn, I say this every time, but it's like something that could have been good that just got really, really screwed up. Uh there's there's elements in here that i like there's scenes in here that i like so it's hard to say like don't ever watch this again Mm. but it's boring yeah it's just uh, the the what you might call the a plot with the aliens is horrible Mm. i uh go no no go ahead i i agree in a lot of respects i um i don't see so much potential here as i do with some of the other episodes like, obviously, mm-hmm. you could do this better, but it's not a concept that uh, really resonates with me as as truly being something special. So if they bungled it, which they did, I'm, you know, whatever. But it's probably like a 40 percenter, 40 percentile mm-hmm. episode. Um, yeah. And that's fine. You know, the, the, you know, you can't they can't all be winners. It's. A fine watch, especially if you haven't seen it before, and uh, yeah, you'll probably forget about it, and that's okay. It's still season <laughs> two; things are still developing along. It's probably what I would deem as the the bottom 
uh, range of acceptable for an episode at this time to be. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess I would agree with that. Sounds about right. Yeah. It's got a lot of problems, but it's not offensive. Mm-hmm. So yeah. do you want to go into the uh, the Dunkin' Donuts question, not question of the week, Dunkin' Donuts um, trivia challenge? Oh, you do you have a, oh, I, oh, oh, it's my trivia challenge sponsored by Dunkin' Donuts. Exactly. Um, yeah, sure. Um, uh, Jesus. You know what? Don't I t- forget, don't forget to buy the, uh, check out the pumpkin spice the uh the almond drizzle the caramel sundae surprise um at participating dunkin donuts uh this is gonna last until december 5th um at all participating locations all participating locations um you know i i love dunkin donuts uh it's my go-to in the morning when i need to pick me up which is every day, of course. So, uh, you know, Starbucks, too expensive, uh, too full of itself, mm. right? Mm. Uh, you know, Dunkin' Donuts is is where the real locals go. Um, it's and time, time to make the donuts. I appreciate, I appreciate that they lock their bathrooms unless you buy something, because I don't want anyone else going in there but me. Uh, so, um, yeah, a, a, a America runs on Duncan. You I want to do a little bit of a thought. Okay, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, did you know that they've dropped, um, donuts from their brand name? It's just Duncan now. It was just Duncan now. Yeah. Right. Like, um, they, 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 they told us we could, we, we could still use Duncan donuts for the next <clears throat> the next year or so. Well, you know, it's um, it's still in popular culture. It's just not officially mm-hmm. recognized. Right, right. In in Europe, they call them Dunkin' Coffee. Really? Yeah. Which just <laughs> that raises the question of why even bother with Dunkin' to begin with mm. if you're not going to alliterate it. In uh, Japan, they go by Mister Donuts. Oh, really? Yeah. So what's your trivia? For me? So I, I want to do a little bit of a thought experiment. I don't know. It's not. It's not really trivia today, but I, I want to do a little bit of a thought experiment, kind of like a a, a, a question of the week, but like a you know well, blind you, cap. You know, I'm always into experimentation. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. You love experimenting. Um. What what is the crew of the Enterprise going to dress up as for Halloween? Oh, that is a good. This is a good thought experiment. That is question of the week esque, but I will allow it because it's a very timely, timely question. Yeah. Um. So there's going to be a certain subsection of uh, the bridge crew that does not tolerate Halloween, and I would put that as um, Worf and Picard. But, yeah, so so they're going to have to be kind of forced into like a low effort sort of costume. Exactly. And Picard I think in not really grasping the spirit of Halloween would dress up as some like holodeck. 
You know what he would be? He would be, um, what, what is his, his guy, like Dick Masterson, his detective? <laughs> Dick Masterson. <laughs> uh, Maddox, I think. Uh, I don't know. Whatever his detective alter ego is. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is because because he's done it before. He's familiar with it. It makes him comfortable. Right, right. So uh, to him, it's barely dressing up. Right. Whereas Worf would, um, I, I think Worf would be in his Enterprise uniform, but instead of his silver sash, he would have a sash of a different color and be like, no, now I'm a Klingon of a, uh, uh, of this rank instead of this rank, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah. it's, it's a costume. I could see Worf going the extra mile though and maybe getting like a pair of cat ears now is this is this a realistic thought or is this just your fantasy it might just be my fantasy wishful thinking uh now riker's the wild card because you know a that he would be go be gung-ho and go all out for this yeah yeah you also know that it would be off-putting in some way he's gonna show as much skin as possible yes uh literally go as adonis Right, right. Be, be oblivious to how his uh, his beer <laughs> belly looks in uh, in such a uh, costume. Yes, that's perfect. But yeah, his only costume would be um, a wreath around his head and uh, mm-hmm. a strategically placed leaf. Yep, yep. I I think I think he would do a robe. Yeah, like a toga. Yeah. But you know, keep it open. Well, you know what they say: to- toga where no man is good before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what they say. Yeah. Um, um, I think Crusher would be pretty boring. She would just uh have the costume of an old timey doctor, maybe from around yeah, our yeah, time. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's like, oh, the coat's white instead of blue. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Data, in his uh, his enthusiasm but inability to grasp Halloween, I think that he would use his um, android body to his advantage and make like a really gory, realistic looking, um, maimed version of himself, mm-hmm. where you know maybe his head is like falling off and like one of his eyes is coming out of its socket and it's scary and it's gross and it's a costume but it it just terrifies every single person who sees it at the halloween party it's an interesting idea but i feel like i could also see him going the classic route and just being like a like a stereotypical vampire or something yeah it's true like oh i downloaded uh all this information on halloween and you know he's got these plastic fangs and yeah, yeah. Just just a cape that's over his uniform. Right, exactly. Yes, yes. Just because it's it's uh it's it's such a popular choice. I think Jordy could go two ways. Either Jordy would be just kind of embarrassed because he's kind of a he's not the most socially confident guy about wearing a costume, or mm. he might just have some kind of pop culture thing like, "Oh, I'm Cyborg from the X-Men because I have my visor and Right. I'm sorry, I'm right. Black Cyborg. Right. Yeah. Um, Jordy's a hard one to pin down. 
He is. He is. And it's not just because he's so small. Right. Now, I think Troy would just have, like, sexy whatever slutty Halloween costume. Yeah, I feel like Troy would piggyback on, on Riker. Yeah, they would definitely have a, a, more pa- ways a than pair more. look. Yeah. So they'd both be, like, half-naked Greek people. Uh, Yar would dress as a zombie. <laughs> that was pretty good. Yep. <laughs> is, uh, is there any other member of the crew? Wesley Crusher. Wesley Crusher would just be some like obnoxious uh, property, uh, I like someone else's IP. It's like oh yeah, I'm, yeah. He'd be some dumb little dork thing. Yeah, it's like he's got the plastic mask on. Yeah, yeah. I think that's everybody in it. I think so. Yeah, oh, what, what about Guinan? Oh, Guinan. She's already in a Halloween costume. <laughs> yeah, she goes as Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I can't... Um, I don't really know who Guinan is anymore. Yeah, I mean, she's got tiger blood if her fighting pose offers any indication. Right. Right, so it's like I don't, I don't even know what she thinks about in her free time. No, uh, guy, there. I, I watched the episode where Guinan becomes a child uh, alongside some of the other. Um, oh jeez! And Guinan, for some reason, is like very gung ho about just playing, even though she still has her adult mind. She's like, "Oh, I'm gonna right. go jump on the bed and right do all this stuff." So I, I could see Guinan like being into okay, Halloween. Yeah. That's that's a good point. Yeah, she she could get into it. Maybe she, um, you know, has a classic costume, like a mummy or something. Yeah, yeah, I feel like she'd go classic, too. And that's it. That's everyone. That's it. That's it. Uh, by rem- long-awaited question. By remembering all of the members of the crew, I have gotten this trivia question <laughs> correct. Yes, that's it. That's it. Good job. All right, so that's going to do it for this week. I want to remind everyone at home. That no matter what you're looking for, whether it be a hot meal, a cool beverage, or just a home away from home, you can always go to Jack in the Box. And whenever you need to pick me up in the morning, remember that America runs on Duncan. Join us next week where we dive into another episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. And until everybody, or until then everybody, please stay ready. The troublesome little man child. that in the history of many worlds there have always been disposable creatures. Beginning, 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 beginning.